And here is where this movie becomes very Raimi, Evil Dead-like. When you're yeah, talking right. about possessing a dead body, which I love the idea of this. I just, I, I'm so fascinated by this idea that he's like, yeah, I can dreamwalk. But he's, and, you know, Christine but, rightfully points out, she's like, yeah. well, don't you have to have another version of yourself in that universe? He's like, who, who says you have to be a live version of yourself? Because mm-hmm. we, we didn't say it, but that, that first Doctor Strange died in that his universe. Body, his and dead Strange body just buried up, yeah. him, yeah. Yeah. Great callback, though. I love that. It's like, it, yeah. you set it up in Act 1. Never show a dead is. body in Act 1 if you're not going to use it by Act 3. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chekhov's dead body, man. Hi, this is Luther Recknow. You're listening to Children of the Adam. Keep listening, baby. Hello, everybody. We are back. Once again. Very timely this time. We just saw a brand new movie in, in theaters, even. Both yeah, we, back in it. Weekend of release. It's, a, it's it been a while. It's happened for a long time, right? No. Yeah. Was I it mean, weird for you being back like in a theater for the first oh, time in a long time? Oh, my goodness. I. It was really strange because I like... I, still like you, you want to wear a mask and stuff like that so i mean there's that so you're kind of dealing with that mm-hmm. and you know then it was like walking around it's like well damn do i even want like a so like you're trying to figure out what the old what the what the the routine is do you go to right. the concession stand and do all that stuff and then you know you're like oh yeah like i i get to pick my seat so i can i could have showed up at any time and got my seat no it was just yeah it was very strange going back after probably two years of being at a theater i'd I'm trying to think of what the last movie I saw in a theater, and that might be Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. I think that might be the last movie. Wow! I saw. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty that, fair. It was what 2019. Holy shit! It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because this is the first Marvel movie we've seen back since then, isn't it? Yeah, everything else is we we've talked about the, what's come out on streaming. Yeah, yeah, because Black Widow was streaming, and then so was Eternals, and then uh, <laughs> No Way Home was theaters, but that you know I mean it just wasn't. But that, Just yeah, we were transitioning at that point. It was, right, yeah. It was like we were deciding. And this this one we kind of discussed it. We were like, yeah, we're going full on on this. We are going to watch this in theaters. Yeah. It, uh, were they doing anything special at your theater? Like, I noticed, like, the big revelation, like, in my theater now, like, they're selling, like, adult drinks and stuff. So, like, I noticed when I was walking by, like, the bar was open for, like, it, it was a matinee movie. Like, you know what I mean? On the day it opened. <laughs> at 11 o'clock, like, the shutter was open. Like, they're serving, you know, their... They had Doctor Strange frozen drinks and some Scarlet Witch cocktails and all that. And I was like, boy, everybody's really getting into this movie. Yeah, so generally, I've discussed this before. Like, when I go I, I go to a theater called the Alamo Draft House here in Austin. It's a lot of fun. If you got one in your town and you haven't ever been, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. There's, there's always, like, theme stuff going on. And uh, this weekend, they were having, like, a Mother's Day brunch kind of thing being served while you're watching the movie and all this no other shit. stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the Draft House, though, because uh. it was incredibly sold out, all showings. Um, oh, yeah, I just, yeah, I just did not get my seats early enough. So, so you get to I, have like biscuits and gravy and watch Doctor Strange. God, would I love that! It I know, right? Great, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't. This, this, a, which, which is funny, yeah, because this is one of the first standard theaters I call it, like a Cinemark theater that I went to. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, normally I'm, I'm a draft house guy. I just I go there because I get I get whatever I want. I get my drinks, my my food, anything I want. It's great. And uh, yeah, this one it was just a standard theater. They did have reclining seats and stuff like that, so it was, <laughs> it was good enough for a a uh, early morning showing. Is when I when I saw it. Right, surprisingly, kind of quick runtime compared to like what Eternals and Endgame and and No Way Home were like at three hours. Like this one felt 
very tight and uh, just a, a smidge over two hours yes let me praise sam raimi and the editor and everybody else for not thinking they had to make a two and a half hour comic book superhero movie because this movie is packed with a lot of stuff eh. you don't think so i mean i, I okay <laughs> well we'll talk about it when we get there because there is there is oh no no we're, we'll we're here about, baby let's go okay uh, okay so th- this is going to be a full spoiler rich uh re- review everyone so if you haven't yet seen it or had it spoiled thanks to twitter or instagram you know Fair warning, we're getting right into it. Yes, because there's a lot of stuff that happens in this in this movie. It sets up a lot of stuff that's going to be going forward. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so the way it starts off is we have America Chavez, uh, latest MCU debut uh, from her comic book counterpart, running through uh, somewhere supernatural looking with a version of Doctor Strange. It turns out this is a different Doctor Strange than our usual Doctor Strange, and they're looking for a super powerful book. They're being chased by a demon. Uh Doctor Strange can't reach the book, so he decides like he's going to take the kid's power because it's too dangerous to let into whomever's hands like is sending the demons. So he tries to kill her, but she ends up getting away like through his help, like with a little bit through his help, even though he's getting killed by the monster. As it so happens, uh, she ends up in our six one six Earth, where she runs into our proper Doctor Strange, and then from there the uh, the adventure kind of picks up. Uh, Strange and Wong save her from another monster that was sent to their universe. And afterward, they're having a meal with her. They pretty much cover uh, the events of No Way Home in that, you know, they lead us to believe Doctor Strange definitely doesn't remember who Peter Parker is, but everyone is well aware of who Spider-Man is, and that Doctor Strange helped him out in his latest adventure. Like, I thought that was a, you know, they covered it in a quick, a couple quick points of dialogue, but it put to to bed any questions people would have had right away like well what about spider-man because they they covered it in like two seconds of dialogue and it was fine i totally well, missed that so i'm glad you brought that up yeah when they were having lunch in that diner after they got rid of uh after they fought that's Gar- right Gargantos yes or because his name was. they're talking about all the bug superheroes and all that yeah. stuff. yes <laughs> yeah all the bugs gotcha yeah. yeah okay thank you yeah so as it turns out talking to america is that in the multiverse she has encountered pretty much one of everybody like she's been to 70 some odd multiverses since then uh however she is the only one of herself throughout the multiverse she has no variants at least none that she's discovered yet like she is the only one she's unique and that her power is she can fully uh traverse the multiverse like her own body properly like as it turns out in, in this movie um the Nexus being concept, I think, is a little different for Scarlet Witch in this, in that she cannot travel the multiverse herself. What she's able to do is uh, dream walking. Yes. Uh, basically, she inhabits the, a body of one of her variants, and you know she she's off behind the wheel and, and she's going. So uh, sh- her whole goal is to get America and get her power so that she can get her kids, no matter what the cost. Um, and then you know. As it so happens, like the, the whole movie kind of kicks off from there, like in this in pure Sam Raimi style. It, it's a very much a horror movie, to where oh, uh, Wanda is Jason, Freddy, like she's unstoppable. She's coming through the multiverse for them. Uh, after they hop through a, a bunch of multiverses in a split second, they end up in a kind of like a bottle episode one on what turned out to be eight Earth eight three eight, where they are instantly arrested by. Uh, members of the Illuminati after they seek out a variant of Doctor Strange to help them try to find this magical book that they can use to shut down Wanda since she has an evil book of her own. Uh, 
at this point then the Illuminati they question Strange and we get more into the plot we get a whole bunch of cameos and surprises and things like that Wanda shows up murders about everybody Doctor Strange and America go on the run <laughs> and it's just pure chaos uh, Wanda successfully kidnaps both uh, Wong and America and goes to a temple where they're looking for a version of the Darkhold but it turns out that this temple is the actual house of the demon basically who wrote the book so they're then going to use these runes that you know Wanda could power herself up and fully take America's power um, am I right so far have I skipped over anything like you you pretty much got like I told you I, I feel like this movie is very packed and you're, you're, That's quick. you're demonstrating that for me yeah so uh Doctor Strange cannot travel the multiverse himself without America because, you know, as they covered very clearly in the movie, America is the only one who can, her body and who's worth her can go through the multiverse. Everyone else has a dreamwalk. No one can bounce in or around so far. So Doctor Strange has to then dreamwalk into a version of himself that's on Earth 616 because he is stuck in Earth 838. Uh, as it turns out, the version of Doctor Strange that is on Earth 616 is the dead body of the previous Doctor Strange who tried to murder America in the very start of the movie. So from the trailers, <laughs> it's not exactly zombie Doctor Strange we see. It's proper 616 Doctor Strange inhabiting the dead reanimated corpse of Doctor 838 Doctor Strange who then goes to battle Wanda and uh, in, in doing so, he convinces America she has in her all along to control her powers. She's the one who can defe- defeat Wanda, this is that. So she decides to start using more control of her powers or whatever and she does it she takes Wanda to an alternate version of herself and not just any alternate version of herself to the very alternate version that Wanda inhabited to go murder the Illuminati and as all this is going on she's basically going to murder this Wanda to try to take her version of uh, of her kids who are witnessing this whole thing and Wanda has this kind of monstrous moment to where her her children that she's been fighting for and doing all this for are terrified of her that they're going to kill her version of their mother and it's just like if if Wanda Maximoff couldn't go through any more heartache, it just she just tripled everything she went through on WandaVision basically in thirty seconds at the end of this movie. As her versions of her children are crying, another version of herself is telling her, you know, relax, you know, go back to your home. I'm gonna love my children, trust they're gonna be loved in the multiverse kind of deal. And in Wanda's last act to of sort of redemption, what she does is as she's connected to the multiverse in her dreamwalking state, she uses her power to wipe out all versions of the dark hold across the multiverse so that no other versions of herself could do this again. And then she's ensuingly buried in all the rubble when the temple collapses. Uh, skip forward a little bit in the movie, we see America training at a rebuilt Comertage with Doctor Strange and Wong. Go forward to a uh, a bit of a mid credit scene is that as Doctor Strange is walking along, he had to use the Darkhold in order to dreamwalk because that's just, it's un, I guess it's, it's unfettered dark magic is how they yes. explained it. So in the movie, the evil Doctor Strange he was talking to to get the version of the Darkhold from had a, a third eye pop up on his head. And automatically you think, oh, this dude's pretty evil. He's got a third eye. Well, as our Doctor Strange in the first post credits he's walking down the street, a third eye pops open up his head. He kind of freaks out and then a time jump of some sort, he's walking down the street again, sans third eye. He's then approached by another sorceress who looks like is from the Dark Dimension, who turns out to be Clea, played by Charlize Theron, and as she's challenging him to come and save her universe because he caused an incursion, uh, his third eye pops open again, and off they go. Yeah, so many questions about that last scene, but we'll get to that when we when we talk about it. So I have 
a ton of questions about what's happening there. Yeah. I, I will say this. As far as the movie goes, like, it, visually speaking, I mean, it's... You, you could tell just how much of the MCU, like, Phase 1 was based off of Raimi Spider-Man. Just, you know what I mean? Like, from the music cues, like, the way, like, the sets, like, it just... Man, it, it read Spider-Man 1 to be pretty heavy. But I think one thing that surprised me a lot is that for it being all the madness of the multiverse, you think they would have spent more actual time in more universes than just two. I mean, I know, I realize <laughs> complaining about a whole other universe <laughs> is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a shitty complaint, but I mean, you know, it's the multiverse of madness, and they went through like 30 universes in a blink, and then by and large, the whole movie is just set in these two universes. Like, it yeah. felt like they could have done a bit more hopping, like, you know, and spent, a, like, maybe cut down that flash scene from 30 universes to maybe like 10 and spend five or six seconds in each one and you know let us capture like what's going on in there you know what i mean well i i think you should be careful what you ask for because you're going to get a lot of that (laughs) going forward apparently with what they're setting up here um and if you really want that i think you can go find screenshots of all these little places because they are pretty cool looking places um if you look there's like a uh blade runner world and you know, there's just like random Paint. worlds that are they're in the cool. savage yeah. land where it's very a lot of a lot of shout outs to the X-Men in this and like uh, man yeah it's a lot of a lot of cool visuals that are showing up here but yeah. because this movie is two hours long it has to keep its pace moving it can't get bogged down and say yeah let's take a look at what's happening in this universe no all you need is a glimpse much like they did in the first Doctor Strange movie where he's yeah. flying through multiple realities and dimensions and stuff like that you just want to get a glimpse and say yeah this is crazy yeah you're not the only one and that's it and we get that and they they scream right through that I think Sam Raimi does a real job real great job of pacing this movie to the way it needs to be not, that's not to say it does slow down in a couple of spaces and things feel Ooh, a little weird yeah. but we'll, that's mostly in the second act of this movie I think the first act is really really entertaining though a lot of action like they start what? off like they start off going like there's no there's no breather time in this like it starts off hot yeah, so let me. This, this will take me to my first question because right away, yeah. you, as you said, we jump right into this weird world where you have a version of Doctor Strange and this character who I know nothing about. Who is America Chavez and what is her powers? Is it basically the same thing that we showed in the movie or does she yeah. have like other powers from, from the comic books? No, that's basically what we saw in the movie. So she is kind of like a, what I compare it to is like Rogue in the X-Men. She kind of has like a crappy power. She can just kind of jump from multi multiverse to multiverse, but that's it? I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Well, I mean, it, it is, but it seemed like as this movie progressed, like like she had the ability to like punch real hard and stuff like that too. And, 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 and like basically like channel multiversal power, like into, like, you know what I mean? Okay, that I was confused with what her powers said because, like, like I said, it felt to me like very, very rogue. Like it's like, oh, you can touch somebody and steal their power. Okay, no, that's, she's a uh, like as her powers develop, like she she kind of taps into it and gains like super strength, uh, you know, in flight and durability, shit like that. But like as okay. th- this is like her origin, like where she's first coming into her Spider-Man powers, for lack of a better, you know what I mean? Got you. Okay, yeah. that th- I can go with that um, because yeah, it, it seems like she is also, yeah, a very powerful person in the comic very, books. Very, yeah. But it, but it was like, it was like, eh, okay, the, the powers don't make it uh, seem like that. But Yeah, no, she, she's just starting to figure it all out. So, like, after after she's trained with Doctor Strange, the next time we see her, there'll be a, a very vast power upgrade, I'm sure. Okay. 
Well, I was, I, and I had my concerns too when I was watching because the moment I saw her and I saw, yeah, oh great, a young adult, you know, teaming with with an older person. I was like, this mm-hmm. is just going to be another Disney movie. I was so so worried. I was like, how is Sam Raimi doing a movie like this? But they shattered that right away once they get into this fight with this octopus creature. It, I mean, it gets gory. Like it's very Raimi. It gets very horror, as you said, and it gets gory. Like you, you're gonna see some, some stuff that's gonna make you cringe a little bit. You know? Yeah. You know? Th- there's some very good horror effects in this, and I, I think uh, most of it, I, I think, is all centered around Wanda because she really is like, oh, you know, geez. like when I said Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, like that's com- kind of almost exactly who she is in this. She is just she's rampaging through, and anyone who dares step in her way, you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah, let's okay. Let's talk about <laughs> Wanda here because when we last saw Wanda, yeah, uh, we we had seen her in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You know, we already knew her her story arc from the Phase One, Two, and Three. We, yeah, she gets her own show in WandaVision, and we really sympathize with her because yeah, here is a woman who is dealing with. I mean, WandaVision is all about the the five stages of grief, right? She's mm-hmm. just going through it all at once. She's creating her own reality to escape the grief of losing Vision. You know, never yeah. having her kids, all that kind of stuff. And when we leave her, we feel bad for her because she has to give all that up. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess I probably should have went back and watched WandaVision because I guess that it has the dark hold in there and all that kind of stuff. Um, it gives you a little background on what, what that those spells in there does because is, I don't know if your, your plot summary really mentioned it, but the whole plot of this thing is, you know, America Chavez is the MacGuffin going through this thing that right. Wanda is trying to chase because she basically wants to steal her power. Yeah. So she can hop to whatever universe she wants mm-hmm. whenever she wants for her own mor- immortality and her children's immortality. Yeah. No matter and what basically, it is. Like the, uh, I saw some people kind of complaining like Wanda's, I, I guess, personality in this is a bit, you know, is a bit more intense and I guess evil, I guess, than where we left her in WandaVision. But I mean, I think you could quickly just kind of cast that off to her being just kind of influenced by the dark hold, by the dark yes. magic a bit. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, you know, someone who's already grieving, she's already at her limit. Like she's already like, you know, she's basically Anakin at this point and she's being pre- presented, presented from Palpatine a way to like, Hey, maybe you can save Padme. And she's like, Oh fuck. Yeah, I can do that. And then, you know, that's what she's did. So she's being driven through altruistic purposes, but, you know, she's being corrupted by this, you know, this nasty little book. So I think well, that it was easy for me to kind of buy off, like, her Breaking Bad a bit is that, you know, mostly the influence of the Darkhold. Yeah, I, I, I go with that, too. I had no problem questioning that. I think the movie explained it as well as they needed to, that, yes, this book corrupts you. Once you, once you kind of you mess with it, that's it. Mm-hmm. It gets inside you. It's, it's a... Uh, you know, it, it kind of like reminds me of what Venom is. It's a symbiote that latches onto you and, you know, draws from you and tries to corrupt you in, in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, I had no problem with what she was because, yeah, it, it makes sense. I, I believe what I've read is that, you know, this is kind of her arc in the comic as well. She mm-hmm. she becomes an ultimate, ultimate evil person that kills off some Avengers and stuff like that. But this is what you have to have. I mean, obviously, I, I know we're going to get a redemption for her. She's obviously not oh, going to sure. be dead. I mean, there's just no way that they're going to write that character out. She's a very powerful character. So, yeah, I, I think I think it was good. And I, they needed somebody, finally, because one thing Marvel, Marvel struggles with is a good villain in all their movies. They hit it with her. She is so powerful. She is, you know, Thanos-level powerful. It's very hard to beat her. 
I think they do it well. And like you said, they do it in a horror way because she shows up like a real witch. She's called the Scarlet Witch, but she looks like a witch when she's walking around. Her limbs are bending around. She's squeezing yeah. through. She's, she's reaching out of dark. I mean, I the first thing I thought of when I was watching this movie, I was like, yeah, Sam Raimi directed this. I can, I can mm-hmm. see him all over this movie. It's 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 good. If you like horror movies, this is a very low level kind of horror horror movie. Or if you like, I should rephrase that. If you don't like horror movies and you don't want to watch it, watch this one. It might make you want to watch a few horror movies just because this has got enough jump scares in it to kind of get you to where you know, boy, I might want to watch something a little a little different that that maybe Raimi's done because Raimi's done some really good horror movies, but you know he's got his foot in comedy horror and all that stuff. I recommend it. I think one thing I really noticed from her is like uh, Elizabeth Olsen, like when she was like Scarlet Witch and not Wanda, like especially especially during that scene uh, when she is rampaging through Combertage, the first time she tries to get America from Six One Six Doctor Strange, and when she <coughs> is going through, pardon me, the Illuminati compound, is mm. that the the body contortions she's doing are so Evil Dead in in the in the twitchiness and quickness of it all. Like man, it is eerie as fuck. Like I wonder how much of that was just like camera tricks and how much of that was actually Elizabeth Olsen, you know, Elizabeth Olsen like going through and you know making her body all weird to fit through those mirrors and shit like that. You remember, you remember that scene when they're covering all the reflections to keep her out and things like that? Yeah, that I love that scene. That was amazing. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, cover every reflection and every reflection she can reach a hand through, she can reach you. And then she does that, yeah, that crawl through that hole. Like, it's yeah. just like, it doesn't look natural, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's wonderfully shot. It's just crazy. And you're just like, wow, she is like the Terminator. She's just unstoppable. Like, you're, you're trying yeah. to throw in everything. Because you've got the Sorcerer Supreme... And Doctor Strange, you know, arguably the two most powerful wizards here on Earth. Yep. And they're throwing everything they got at her, and it, they're not even stopping her for a second. Like, don't, and they have, like, the 60 underling wizards with them, too. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and she just, like, she gets through. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, it, it, it was fantastic because it sets her up right away as, yeah, this is not going to be your typical villain. Yeah. You know, this is this is really somebody who's going through and actually killing people. Yeah, I mean, she is burning people up, disintegrating them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of frightening when you're seeing these fights that are going on at Carmitage. Yeah, because almost everyone dies a different horrible way. <laughs> and She's the ones got a that lot are of left, imagination for that shit. Yeah, the ones that are left are being tortured. Yeah. Like they're used as pawns to make Wong talk. We, yep. You'll get to that later on. Yeah. It's it's really. I mean, she's just really cold-blooded, and it's, it is supposed to be that fact that, yes, the dark hold, but you don't really know it, but, you know, something evil has taken hold of her, and for her own selfish reasons, you said altruistic reasons, I, I would argue that it's very selfish reasons that she is pursuing this, like, you can sympathize with her, but it is very selfish reason what she's pursuing is... It's all about her. She doesn't care who she has to hurt. She is going to go and take what she wants yeah. to make her happy. That's true and because, like, the, the, it's one thing that we never really thought about, I guess, in the WandaVision is that if she goes into the multiverse, she has to get rid of another Wanda to get, to get a pair of kids. Like, yeah, and Strange, Stranger Wong, I can't remember who it was, points that out. I think it's Wong yeah, it's who Wong. says, like, yeah, what about those people that you're taking over? I was like, does that not matter to you? And she's like, mm-hmm. no. Yep. Yeah. Don't give a shit. And that, I guess that is the hardest thing I have. And once again, I think you just have to chalk it up to the book Mm. is, yeah, because when we left her in WandaVision, it was, she understood what she was doing. She let everybody go because she understood, I think the same lesson that she Mm -hmm. learns in this movie is, 
you know, a little bit of self-reflection and says, wow, I'm, I'm becoming evil. I can't do this. I'm going to leave and releases all those people because they're, they're struggling. They're, they're being tortured. Yeah. So I, I thought we learned that, but all of a sudden, I guess, like I said, we're going to chalk it up to the dark hold saying, nope, it's gotten inside her. And now it's really corrupted her. And, and just, it's telling her essentially everything that she wants. It's saying, right. you want this, I can deliver it much the same as they did in the uh, Shang-Chi movie. With the, the the voice that was behind the uh, forbidden wall, it was oh, it was yeah, reaching yeah, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whisper voice or whatever. Yeah, it was. and it was yeah. saying, "Yes, you come, come get me. Uh, everything you want is on the other side here. It's just being kept from you." Yeah. You know, I think it's it's kind of the same kind of characterization. It's this voice inside of her head that's saying, "You can hear all this. It's yours. You just need to take it. You know, mm-hmm. the power is, is yours." And it's I, I like it. It it it. I can sympathize with her, but at the same time, I want to hate Wanda uh, during this movie. And that was a hard thing to do because I really like Wanda in all the other movies. Yeah. Um, I will say this too. I, one thing I did love that they pointed out in this movie when we're talking about the multiverse, I love how they bring up the idea that everybody's dreams is essentially you're dreaming what your variant is doing in another multiverse, in the infinite yeah. amount of them. Like, it really makes you think, like, it really turned into this philosophical debate of, God, okay, what does it mean to have multiple realities and all that stuff? And what if you are connected to these people? Because then you can start going back and, like, not only in your own life, but if you start just looking back into, like, the uh, the multi uh, or Marvel phase one, two, and three, whenever they've talked about dreams or, or had dreams in those movies, mm-hmm. you're wondering, okay, now... Is that something that's happening in another universe? Yeah, that they're just not aware of. It's it's just kind of a cool little thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty cool part. I like that a lot. <laughs> it made me reflect because I was like, man, I've had some weird dreams. I was like, what is my variance getting up to? Right. Because <laughs> you know? I'm pretty sure I was Spider-Man once and I got murdered horribly by something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, thank God I'm not in that universe. Right. Glad I woke up boring. <laughs> it was sweet. Let's go to Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy alright okay so let's uh, let's get to it uh, Strange in America like obviously like like you you hit upon it like you thought it was going to be like another kind of kind of Disney movie with uh, an older hero I thought it was going to be like a Hawkeye. younger one through the charge yeah but it, it definitely like it was set up to be like hockey, Hawkeye where in, like we have a young Avenger and then like the old Avenger but it didn't it felt vastly different like their relationship like you know what I mean like Strange right away is just like he just he interacts with them differently the way like Tony did with Peter or like Clint did. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name here. Oh, uh, oh, geez, um, Kate. Kate Bishop. Yes, thank yeah, you. With, with Clint and Kate. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like it's strange in America. Like they already like. I don't know. Like their relationship. Like they bond just almost instantly. And like there's just no. You know what I mean. Like we know he's a good strange no matter what. And as soon as she trusts him, like you know, they're just you know. Well, this, this, this is to save everything. Yeah, this is explained though. You know, this this all goes to what you know Stephen Strange's character arc in this movie is, mm-hmm. uh, because this is the first movie where he's really had to let go of control. So, the, you know, Steve huh. Steve's whole character arc in this thing really gets down to he doesn't trust anybody else to save it. He's he should be uh, you know sorcerer supreme. That's why he doesn't bow mm-hmm. to Wong. You okay. know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he's the one who has always thought, you know, I'm the I'm the ultimate power. You know, I'm responsible for this. They get into the death of his sister. Like he blames himself for the death of his sister. You know, first time that's ever been brought one. up too. And yeah, and apparently, yeah, I read yeah. that it was apparently that's really in the comics too that mm-hmm. they were following that. 
But that's his story, and it's not until he gets to the end of this that he realizes, yeah, I've got to have faith now because I'm working with this person who's who's sitting right beside me, but right, let me take a step back. He's gone through different multiverses and saw what happens to his other versions. Oh and, yeah, they're they're all alone basically or, or dead because they had to they had to be the ones holding the scalpel. Like that's the line they keep repeating. Yes, yes. That's what Rachel McAdams basically tells him is yeah. you know, this is why it didn't work. You have to be the one in control. You have to be the one saving the day. You you don't trust anybody else to do the work and do this. Because it's it, it is a hard thing, like if you've ever managed people or anything like that, and you know, you know how the job gotta get done. But that, but you're a manager for a reason. You know, you have to be able to have faith that your subordinates that you've trained them well enough to do this stuff, and that's what he has to learn. Is you know, I'm not the only power. I'm not the most powerful person. There's other people that can fix this issue, and that's what he has to do with America Chavez. Here's realize, you know, I'm not going to be able the one who's going to be able to beat Wanda. You're the one who's going to have to do it, and I right. can't do a damn thing about it. So one thing yeah. I can do there is kind of be there. And that, it takes him a while because the one thing he learns throughout this whole movie is. There's different versions of Doctor Strange's out there. Some are more evil than and then other. And he just happens to be the the six one six guy. Seems to be one of the more benevolent ones out there. Yeah, who, a lot of them are, are really evil dickheads. It seems. Yeah, that's that's I think what he really discovers is is that yeah I'm not a good person. You know this whole idea that you know I'm just gonna do whatever it takes and just go my own way to win the war. Right. Really doesn't have that because as we'll get to it in Act Two here when we get before the Illuminati. They had to kill him for it because they're like, yeah, you may have won the war. I you know? really like that arc. Yeah, so let's, let's get into the Illuminati. Yeah, let, let's uh, get to this because this which, was supposed to be like the big reveal, the big surprise of this movie. Which, man, like Kevin Feige, like, okay, as much as I bitched about them not really like revealing any more Spider-Man than No Way Home trailers because we all knew where they were there, nobody knew the Illuminati was in this movie whatsoever. They put this all in the trailer themselves. Like, they really... Just about every big cameo they had in this movie was in the fucking trailer, man. Yep, yep. Everybody was in the trailer. Like, well I mean, every, before everything the movie John hit Krasinski, out. I think yeah. he's the only one who really doesn't show up, and he's the big surprise. But who, kind who of. Fuck, yeah, I, didn't even, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Patrick Stewart's voice is in the trailer. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, they, they they did not hesitate showing Captain Carter's shield. Uh, Maria Rambo is, has, was in the very first trailer and everyone since. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't bother holding anything back. Which, okay, it would have been one thing if... <laughs> With them spoiling that many surprises and tipping the hat like, oh shit, they're really... If they're showing this much in the trailer, how much more is going to be seen? But to only give us John Krasinski as Reed, Rich, as Reed Richards and that's it on top of like everything else that was revealed in the trailer? Fucking flat, dude. Oh, like, okay. You know what I mean? Flat yeah. is shit. This is, and this is, this is what I was saying to their start where uh, this movie does have some problems and I can tell... Or at least this is my opinion. I don't know this for sure. But it feels like the second act is where most of all those reshoots they were talking yep. about was occurring. Where they realized, let's put some cameos in there. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they saw success from Spider-Man. I- I've heard this from other people too. You know, they. it seems like, yeah, if we could. We got people so excited about Tobey Maguire showing up and and Andrew Garfield. Right. Let's, let's tease that out and put that in there. So they wanted to put this in there because we spend zero time with these new characters who let's face I mean we got to see some of these characters show up in you know Marvel's what if you know we got to right. see what was going on and you know like Reed Richards I mean obviously they they they're 
still obviously going to come out with a Fantastic Four movie. Ugh, but I'm it, not it won't be John Krasinski, I tell you that. It's going to be someone vastly younger. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. I think the fans have been clamoring so long for him. I think they would I think they would. I don't know what fans, him, but I don't know. man. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know who has been clamoring for this guy. Like, yeah, he resembles Reed Richards, but, I mean, he's just, he doesn't do it for me. And not for nothing, like, the Fantastic Four hasn't even started filming yet. They probably won't even start filming until 2023. He is already in his mid-40s. They're going to want the Fantastic Four to go around for Spider-Man, Tom Holland level amount of time. Uh, they're, gonna, yeah. they're definitely going to give us somebody young, for I, sure. I mean, he might that, direct it, you know what I mean? Or, or you know, uh, but man, I don't... Maybe he'll play Doctor Doom and just be behind a mask. Yeah, like, I, I don't see him being Reed Richards for the long haul. And, like, that's okay. the thing, too, is, like, I don't know, like, there was no, like, woo-hoo moments. Okay, when when they first introduced the Illuminati, like, we get Christine Palmer, she name-drops the Baxter Foundation, it's like, oh, shit, there's some Fantastic Four stuff. Yep. Uh, when they're being held in those cells, I found myself, much like when in the Guardians movies or any time they ended up in nowhere in the mm. collector's collection. Yes. And Good looking point. in the tanks, I was looking for other people in other cubes. Like, dude, that would have been such an easy way to squeeze in a couple more people. Fucking Deadpool at the end of Deadpool 2 literally stole a time travel device and ended up causing, I don't know how many branches on his timeline. They could have had him sitting in the back somewhere maybe waving at the camera like in a different cube. He doesn't even have to talk. Like, missed opportunity. Wild, you know what I mean? <laughs> Wild yeah, well, this, this is a PG-13 movie. They're not going to make it an R, so they're not going to... They don't need to make an R. He literally could have just been silent and waved. Like, you don't need shit. You could have just thrown him in there as, like, a, a passing glance or something like that. You, you could know, have. I mean, I mean, they might as well just throw Howard the Duck back in there. They, they yeah, love throwing not? him in the background all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we get to the actual members of the Illuminati. Like, some people are taking some umbrage with the people who are, who are represented there. And I don't have a problem with it, because they're, you know, they're the Avengers, basically. Like, they're the best of the best, so they're going to... You know, instead of calling himself, they're not the true multiversal, uh, where everyone's from a different universe, Illuminati. Like, these are all from the 838 people. Instead of calling themselves the Avengers, they call themselves the Illuminati, is the way I understood it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I got. Yeah. So, it, it was very cool to see how this universe dealt with Thanos and how they, how their Doctor Strange took it upon himself to take control of the all-powerful book, but... After he killed Thanos, the rest of the Avengers, the, the Illuminati Avengers, had to then kill him because he was going to break way too bad and he was going to be too powerful. So they had to put him down, basically. Uh, yeah, by by the by way of Black Bolt. Yeah, it, and that was a really cool <sighs> way for them to finally show his powers because in the Inhumans it was super lame, but like in the comic books, like the way you understand it, his powers, like they really are portrayed that way to where he just whispers and he's got so much power, like people just literally turn to dust, like they fly apart like that. It was a very okay. cool scene to see. I really liked it, but as far as the actual cameo itself, like after. After the shit waffle that was the Inhuman show, I mean, <laughs> yes. damn, dude, I was not pumped at all to see Black Bolt. I mean, yeah, it was nice to see Anson Mount back behind the suit, and he finally got to play the character properly after eating a lot of shit <laughs> for the TV show they did. And, and well, that. he should. And rightfully so. You know, it wasn't great. But, I mean, you know, man, it was just... The Illuminati would have been fine the way they were at if they included maybe a couple of different people. Like, I thought maybe... You don't need Kang the, Kang the Conqueror in there, but you could have had a variant of Kang maybe represented in there. Or, in order to, to soften however they're going to change what, what they're going to do for Black Panther 2, have that version of Black Panther, whoever they're going to play, who's ever going to take over as the 6 with 6 Black Panther. Michael B. Jordan. What should have been on the Illuminati as Black Panther and that, to get, give people like an idea like, oh shit, look, they have... They're Killmonger's Black Panther here. Like, that way, it could have led to something interesting in the future Black Panther and all that. Like, there was a lot of missed opportunities there with the casting. And just the big reveal being John Krasinski was 
dog shit. Like, I think, if anything, they should have kept Patrick Stewart's character hidden because when his hover chair came out and you hear that little dick, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, they the played, X-Men cartoon. They played the musical key from the X-Men. So automatically, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, is this the animated universe right here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, automatically <laughs> in my head, these are the cartoon people we had seen for the past 20 years. They're just in live action right now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, like, and it makes you, it really makes you wonder. Yeah, because he's coming out in the blue hover cart, yeah. you know, that's just like the cartoon. But my you know, question so is, everything. like, he didn't bring one X-Man with him. Like, he takes <laughs> X-Men with him everywhere. He could have Cyclops, anybody, like, you know what I mean? He just shows up with fucking, with fucking Mr. Fantasa. You know what I mean, dude? It's just, ugh. Well, he is one of the most powerful mutants out there, so. Yeah, but man, it, uh, and that's another thing, too, is that they're, they haven't really addressed Wanda's like Wanda being a mutant all in the 616 verse she is just made of pure chaos she's the conduit for Cthon you know what I mean she's yes. his avatar basically on earth uh yeah the chaos the magic way, is what they call it the way she okay she handily murdered everyone in the Illuminati some got it way worse than others uh but I think the saddest one to me was easily Charles Xavier like he's he's doing the thing we have all seen in the in the in the cartoons or the comics or or the movies a million times. He's in the the, the villain's head. He, he's in yes. their consciousness. He's trying to find their pain so he can help them, so he can save them. But uh, when he's in Wanda's mind, who he's actually talking to is the Wanda that was being pushed aside as six one six Wanda is behind the wheel controlling everything. Uh, and then our actual Wanda breaks into the head where they are and just breaks poor Xavier's neck. I mean, just snaps him like a twig, man. It was, holy shit, was that sad. Yeah, and I, I will give, a, I wanted to stop here just to, to give Raimi really credit on this thing about the use of imagery and all this stuff. Like he, you know, for Wanda being trapped in her own head, she is trapped in a pile of rubble. Just like she was trapped with Pietro. And there was know, a TV with, on with too. The Stark bomb. Yeah, it was all yeah. like that. It's just these little callbacks that they're throwing in there. I think it's really brilliant how they do this stuff. There's a lot of a lot of that stuff peppered throughout the movie. If you go back, well, whenever you get a chance to go back and watch it. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's lot, a lot of, of great callbacks in this. A lot like, of callbacks, and there's a lot of metaphors in there. When they were yeah. earlier in the, mor- in the episode, we didn't even talk about this. They're walking through an orchard. Why is she in an apple orchard? Well, it's obvious, you know. She is there creating life. She is trying to reconnect with her children, her fruit. You know, it's brilliant. And, you know, and then another person brought up this idea to me that they said, well, it's also, you know, there's multiple branches. So it's also kind of symbolizing the, the branches of time going across and all this stuff. And she's huh. trimming them down. You know, she's knocking them she out. She was, yeah, she was just breaking off random sticks. Yeah, so I, huh. I just these these little clues are all throughout the movie. It's it's a lot of Damn. fun when you watch it. That's it's one of the reasons why I'm excited to go back and watch this movie again because I yeah. want to kind of pick up on more of these things that I probably missed that I will probably pick up the next watch. Well, I gotta say the uh, as sad as Charles Xavier's uh, death was in this movie when. The Illuminati confront Wanda when she breaks into the Illuminati stronghold. Like we see the Ultron bots, who are obviously built by uh, by Reed Richards in this. Like she's she's handling them pretty easily and all that. As the Fantastic Four confronts her, Reed Richards is leading the group. He he's given a, a big strong thing. He's like Wanda, let that innocent woman go. You know, blah blah yeah. blah. This this and that. She straight up just asks him. Uh, you know, 
are you married or do you have kids and is your wife alive and he goes yes and she goes good someone will be able to raise your kids and right then i'm like oh what the fuck is going to happen she doesn't even start with reed uh, he threatens to unleash black bolt and she just agent smith's his ass like in a black yes. bolt's power like he is his voice like he has to be able to speak so he he he's smirking really smugly and uh the voice is like says, reflected on him and it, it's yeah. used on him yeah, he says, what mouth? Or she says, what mouth? And he goes to make a noise for some fucking unknown reason. He knows how his power works. He's in his 40s at this point, right? He yeah. should know not to make a noise. But I guess he's so freaked out because he doesn't have lips anymore. He screams into his own head, and it just explodes. Like, it's, the back just pops oh, right the fuck out. It's crazy, man. When you watch it like like that, you just Dude. hear that sound. It was it was, it was cringeworthy like, yeah. seeing that port. Ooh. That one was okay, but to me, the best one, which, I mean, maybe I rightfully enjoyed a bit more because, you know, I don't really like Krasinski as, as Reed <laughs> Richards, but man, when Wanda straight up spaghettified his ass, dude, I gotta say, I was grinning ear to ear, dude, I really was. I know that was supposed to be like a holy shit moment, like, oh yeah. my god, she's murdered a superhero, but this is literally, if you don't pay attention to the comics, you haven't seen one of the Marvel cartoons, you don't know shit else about the MCU, you have no clue who Jim Halpert is in this movie. Like, you know what I mean? That's so true, His yes. death really doesn't mean anything more than just being something cool you get to see Scarlet Witch do to somebody. So, and that's what I took it as, because she killed him in a really cool way. I mean, every one of these characters gets kind of taken out in a very Raimi horror movie type manner. Yeah. I mean, Monica Rambo, she gets crushed, or is it Maria Rambo? I'm sorry, Maria, Maria Rambo, right? Yeah. Yeah, she gets just, I mean, crushed by a giant statue. Mm-hmm. And Agent Carter, man, gets sliced in half by, by her, by her shield. It's just yeah. insane. But what, going back to the uh, the imagery that he that Saint Raimi loves to show. I mean, did you notice know, when Wanda comes in and she's crushing the bot's head? You know, half her face is covered in blood. Yeah, like I love that. That's a strong image again. That just it's like is half, showing half her. the good Wanda's there and the evil yes. Wanda. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. is not fully bad, but she is ugly. She is a she's a witch. She looks mm-hmm. very scary. She looks very zombie like, just yeah. unstoppable. But that's but that's the image. I just I love what they're doing in this movie. It's maybe yeah. maybe it's a little too obvious. Maybe maybe I'm just being a sucker for this stuff. But I like it. I it 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 really gets me into what's going on. But at the same time, I'm scared. I'm yeah. seeing what she's doing, and I'm like I'm like this is not your typical Marvel movie. I mean, no. people are getting killed gruesomely mm-hmm. in this thing, and she. Like I said, I made a, a comparison to the Terminator. She will not stop. She no. has a goal, and she will not stop. You can't reason with her. You can't do anything like that. She is just going to get what she wants, mm-hmm. and then she'll disappear at that point. Yeah. I will say, though, I do... It is kind of cool, the fact that the Illuminati who gave up, like, who gave Wanda the best go were Captain Carter and Captain Marvel. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, they didn't give Reed Richards, like, a shining, like, five minutes to try to, you know, win or whatever. She just blasted right through him in two fucking seconds. Like, you know what I mean? It was pretty cool to see, like, you know, other heroes kind of come to the forefront for, like, the big battles. Even though they handily got their asses kicked, like, they put up a bit more of a fight. Yeah, but I love this because I think this is really one of the first times, though, you get to see... uh, a, a, a hero go on like mano a mano with another superhero mm-hmm. and actually see the real consequences of it. Like they would show yeah. in those comic books where certain characters would die in certain universes. You're just like, mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's not just like, cause like every other Marvel movie, especially phase one and two, they love doing this or even, even civil war was every superhero had to fight each other, but nobody could beat each other. Right. Like everybody was just equal. And that was it. And in the end of the day, we're like, ah, it's a draw. Yeah. Not this time, man. No. I mean, 
Captain Marvel, I mean, in that universe, Captain Marvel, arguably one of the strongest superheroes in all the MCU. For sure. And just gets handled by the yeah. Scarlet Witch. But it's a, but that's, I love that. I was like, thank you, Sam Raimi, not being afraid. And thank you, the you know, Marvel Studios for not making them do it like that. Let them show the consequences of what happens when one of your strongest superheroes turns bad. You just went to Secret Wars, man. Holy oh. shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, let's let's move on to that. Let's get to the end of this thing so we can yeah. talk about where Marvel is going because oh, I yeah. have yeah, so real many quick, questions. Sorry, uh, during Reed Richards' talk to Doctor Strange, as the Illuminati is trying to figure out if our, if 616 Doctor Strange is good or bad, he briefly mentions an incursion. And for those who have read the Marvel comics, an incursion is when two Earths from different realities basically collide. And you have a small window of time in which they can interact with each other before they fully kind of touch and then they're both wiped from existence so in that time theoretically in the comics is uh one earth has to be destroyed so that the other can survive like that's but that whole... can only be happen when the dark hold is actually used though right no it can't okay i, I misunderstood no. then the movie i thought the movie was telling us that it no was, it was when when dark hold was used for jump those between those universes and that brought them together no secret wars okay. is all is all multiversal war and, and we know like america can obviously get you know reality get from reality reality but so we have to assume that ant-man will be able to to also from the quantum realm kang has a way to do it like you know loki is in another reality than what he than what he knew at some point so there are other people who can do it i think okay. it's just a point of us you know we haven't yet met the character who's going to pull everything together. Like, he'll be pulling those strings. The incursion strings, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we're getting... So, we get into, the, like, the climax of this movie, which I really love because as Doctor Strange, you know, he's he's finally released by... he, he They have, like, a one-on-one with Carl Mordo. We didn't even really talk about oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, There's not a whole lot to talk about with yeah, him, really. The, the Mordo of 838, they have this whole kind of... Uh, like frenemy kind of budding bromance thing going on and all that and he's the only one of the Illuminati who didn't get murdered by Wanda so Azar will be yeah he's we'll the only one that didn't go out and fight him <laughs> yes yeah. well because he was busy with Doctor Strange you know what I mean he was he was held back because he was gonna gonna pass judgment on Strange to just kill him if you know if nobody else came back kind of deal but then Strange got his way out and we got to where we were but I, I, I forgot to mention is that after Strange left Earth 838 he and Christine uh after Wanda kidnapped America, ended up in a whole different universe, and they were looking for a version of the Darkhold. And this one had already been incurred, basically. Like it's getting, it's falling to oh, yes. non-existence. Like as they're on this, as they're in this version of New York City, it's like rotting away. It's real. The visuals are literally really, really brilliant in this thing. It's Creepy great. looking, man. It's yeah. like some it's, Silent Hill looking shit. Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. <laughs> so they find this other Doctor Strange, and he's willing to give our Doctor Strange the Darkhold if he gives up. His uh, his Christine, Christine, which is, yeah. yeah, which is there's a whole lot of issues with that all together. Yes. So, third eye evil Doctor Strange dies. Our Doctor Strange then takes the dark hold, and you know he dream walks into the the dead body, and you know we have the whole big climax at. Uh, and here's where this movie becomes very Raimi, Evil Dead like, when you're yeah, talking right. about possessing a dead body which i love the idea of this i just I, i'm so fascinated by this idea that he's like yeah i can dream walk but he's and you know christine but, rightfully points out she's like yeah. well don't you have to have another version of yourself in that universe he's like who, who says you have to be a live version of yourself because mm-hmm. in we, we didn't say it but that the first doctor strange who tried to kill america chavez who came to the uh, 616 universe yeah died in that his universe body, his and dead strange body just buried up, yeah. him yeah yeah which 
Great callback, though. I love that. It's like, it's, yeah. you set it up in Act 1. Never show a dead body in Act 1 if you're not going to use it by Act 3. Exactly. <laughs> Chekhov's dead body, man. Yeah, right. It's there. So, yeah, it's great. So, yeah, Strange possesses the dead body. Uh-huh. They go to... I don't remember what this this temple was called. Mount Wungamore. Like, Wungamore. I thought it, I thought they kept saying Wandavore, like or something like Wondagore. that. So like, Mount Wundagore. Okay, so I was like, I was like, is it is it because it's Wanda that they called it? Maybe that, that's where or? maybe that's where she gets her name from. Wundagore, Wanda. You know what I mean? Okay, that's but, okay, but that, that's tell. the mountain that uh, it contained the actual runes of the Cathan demon that you know. Because, yeah, and yeah. the reason being that they had to go to this place is because the actual Darkhold was destroyed in this uni- in this right. universe. So she was like, oh, I have no way to dreamwalk anymore. Well, turns out they wrote all those runes down in this temple, and all mm-hmm. you have to do is go there and be the Scarlet Witch, and you can actually access all that power there. Yeah, like it turned out to be a throne for her, basically. It was like yes. that's where That was her uh, Mustafar, where, <laughs> where she could go and invade so. her up. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where we also get to see, like, we think that Wong dies in this thing, which I honestly thought, I thought Wong really would die in this thing. I, I went into this movie fully expecting Wong not to survive, so I was like, when he died or fell off the edge, mm-hmm. I, I was like, well, I, I could see that coming. But the, the thing that, the thing that uh, didn't make me believe that Wong actually died is because they didn't linger on it. It was just yeah. like, oh, he fell off the edge, and then they're like, oh, next thing, like that. And next I was thing. Like, I was like, okay, he's still alive. Very Indiana Jones of you, Sam Raimi. Yeah. 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 I was like, you really, if you wanted to mess with us, you could have been like, make it real struggle, 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 and plang. Because you have to see like, you'd, you'd have to have like Doctor Strange there looking at him saying, Wong, no, and trying to reach right. him, missing him. Like that would have like, gave you some levity and said, he's gone. And I would have been like, yeah, that's what I expected. And damn, that mm-hmm. sucks. Because I yeah. love Wong. He's a great character. But yeah. now they, they, they missed that, that opportunity. But he's still the Sorcerer Supreme, so he I'd is. much rather. But you know, that guarantees him in more projects. Than, you know, well, it, good. Yeah, and it also helps it helps co- uh, complete Steven's arc. You know, at the end of the yeah. movie, as we'll get to the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Zombie Steven shows up to try to save the day. Wong ends up rescaling the mountain, and you know, our two sorcerers are here to to free America. Uh, and this is at the point where you said we're kind of Stephen Strange's arc kind of comes to to its, its zenith I guess like this is where he, he finally lets relinquishes control fully yeah he is realizes he can't yeah. do it he's not the he's, one he's not the one that's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be you know flying down the uh, the chute there to take out the Death Star he's gonna he's gonna leave it to his Padawan so he then tells America he's like I'm not gonna beat her you know you're gonna do it and sure shit this kid goes and does it she stands toe to toe with the Scarlet Witch and walks away victorious man I love the way that they do this though because she gets yeah. up, she realizes she, she can use the power. And this is where this is where I had the questions about her powers because she gets up and she starts just punching and she's knocking Witch around. Dropping like bombs. Yeah. yeah. But but even she comes to the realization, she's like, I can't beat you. But because much like Doctor Strange, who is very good about beating Dormama, he's like, I know I'm going to be able to beat this guy, mm-hmm. but I can outsmart you, she yep. says. And, but, and I loved what she does here. She just says, you know what? I'm going to give you what you want. Opens up that portal because she's got now got control of how to open that thing up. Back to Earth 838 and that's where Wanda's house. Yeah. And yeah, we see the, the Wanda, Wanda's kids there and they Bill are and scared to death of her. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she realizes, once again, that same lesson she learned in WandaVision. What monster have I become? What am I doing? And she realizes I can't do this anymore. So she has her, you know, Darth Vader redemption moment where she's like, 
yeah, I've I, I've gone too far. I have yeah. to make this right. So, and, I and that's when, that. in a final burst of power, she takes out all the dark holds across the multiverse. Yeah, because she, she's connected to it right at yep. that point, so yep. she's able to yeah reach out across the entire multiverse, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense if it's an infinite amount. How can she destroy it all? <laughs> she's powerful as fuck, Doug. She can do it. I get yeah. She is a nexus being, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, but then, but we get to that, yeah, because she's going to bring down, you know, the entire Wanda temple Castle. of Kathan on her. Yeah. yeah, but but the reason I say that she's not dead, not because number no. one, we don't see the body, but it's because if you're watching carefully as that thing is coming down, you'll see the red cloud underneath her, you know, kind of creating a shield. Oh, or does it? You're assuming, yeah, that it, that it's oh. there. So you know she's protected underneath there. But we're we're supposed to walk away saying, yeah, she gave her life. So she's to gonna make she can right. hulk it up a bit and just go on the road for a while and not you know keep a low profile kind of deal. Well, I think I think they're setting up WandaVision uh, season two. Are they going to do a second season? I, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm speculating on that, uh. but I, they've got to have some kind of redemption for her, uh, more than just that giving her life. But now her, you know, because she is she's a popular <clears throat> character. People love her. Uh, she's a strong female lead. You know, she kicked Thanos' ass. I think that fans would want to see her brought back. I don't know what her arc is in the comic. Uh, I don't know if she ever comes back to the good side. I just know that she turned evil and killed Avengers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but they, if, but they, yeah. they all come back around at some point. You're do they? Okay. Yeah. So I think that's what they would want to do with her and bring her back somehow. If they're going to do it, you know, either in like maybe Secret Wars, if if we're going to get that, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah, they're gonna have to have some sort. And I think that WandaVision season two, if they ever do it, would be a good opportunity for them to do that. Yeah, we didn't see Vision at all in this. Like Wanda didn't see one no. Vision across the multiverse at all. Like which no. I thought was weird. Like if there's one character we should have seen a version of, it's Vision. Like in this, like you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that made me wonder. In every universe, did Thanos get every Infinity Stone? In or, every, I mean, but in, even in every universe where he won, basically, yeah, yeah. But it, it also seems like that there's got to be some universes out there where he wouldn't have got all the Infinity Stones, right? Or, or there's some even universes even where ones where Vision, Vision didn't even have it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like he was never created. So yeah. maybe, maybe the uh, yeah, eight three eight is just that one that yeah, maybe Vision was never created in that universe or something, huh? But you know that that that's the problem with what what Marvel's going down right now. This road is is it creates this this whole paradox that you can really start creating. Is like, well, you know, if this universe does this, then this, then how how do you explain some of the behaviors in this universe? Because mm-hmm. some of the behaviors are based on what's going on in six one six and all this stuff. It's yeah. you can really like drive yourself nuts trying to figure this thing out. But I Just guess wait till they actually get to the Secret Wars. Like <sighs> I think the, the Secret Wars thing, it's. It's gonna be a ways off if they're just now if they're just now dealing with Kang in the multiverse. I think I don't think he's gonna be tied to the Secret Wars because I don't. There's a character they're gonna to have to introduce for this for Secret Wars that I know is coming up in the next Guardians movie. So I I, I don't think they're gonna. I think Kang Kang is gonna be involved. But he's not gonna be the the big bad behind it. This is the you're talking about the God Killer, whatever his name is. The Beyonder. The be, oh Beyond. Okay, I don't I do not know who that is. <laughs> all, all powerful person. He uh, in one okay it. it, it the Secret Wars has been done a couple times in the comics where uh, different realities come to war basically like that to find out who's the toughest. Well, in the first run from the 80s, this all-powerful being called the Beyonder was curious about the Marvel Universe and all the heroes because it was like, a, I want to say it was unique to the universe at that time. 
So he basically pulled a bunch of heroes and villains onto a planet that is just stocked with alien technology and weaponry and says, hey, whichever you can win uh, and beat everybody else, I'll grant you any fucking wish and I can do anything. Go. And that's <sighs> and that's it. Like that, wow. that, That's just how they go. In uh, the one they did in 2015, it was slightly different um, in that the Beyonders were like... They were witnessing the incursion of two Earths where they're, they're bumping up against each other. They're in their final battle. And at some point, Doctor Doom, Molecule Man, and Doctor Strange kill the Beyonder, take the Beyonder's power. Doctor Doom then absorbs, through various means, a godlike level power and creates a world that they call Battle World, which is just remnants or of different universes kind of stitched together into one yes. earth. So I've, you have, I've, you I've have heard the, about that one. You have the zombie universe in one part, you have 616, you got 838, you got ba 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 All these earths are kind of put together into one earth where they've all kind of forgotten the history of earth until some spaceships show up with long forgotten heroes and, you know, and the story goes from there. Like, gotcha. I don't, I don't think they're going to go the most recent route as far as like doing that. Cause that's just, that's way too convoluted to put on screen, but I think they could definitely go the route to where they just end up on a battle world. And, you know, it's like, Hey, I'll fix the universe or the multiverse. However you want, whoever wins gets to call it go. You know what I mean? That's a good, that's a good possibility. Yeah. I mean, I, I they, they, like you said, it's so much to put on screen. I mean, that, that sounds yeah. just, I mean, very ambitious if they want to try that. Secret Wars I, should be, should be at least two movies on its own, if not three, just to fully scope it. Like the, you know, the end of the first movie could be them getting to battle world. Second is where, you know, they first start getting to the, to the battles, a couple of big deaths. Third is the wrap up and them rebuilding the multiverse. Okay. So tell me this, cause let's, let's get to that end credit scene. Of, of this Doctor Strange movie where this Charlize Theron shows up. Clea. Um, yeah. Who is this? I have no idea who this character is. I was I was watching this. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm lost now. I have no idea where they're going with this thing. She is the Sorcerer Supreme of the Dark Universe, of the Dark Dimension. Okay, and I, I just based on what I saw, that's where Dormammu was from, right? Yes, that's what, yeah. Okay, okay. So she is... So where was she in Doctor Strange then when Doctor Strange had to fight Dormammu? I mean, you know, she was handling other shit. It happens. Uh, okay. <laughs> but sure. as, you know, um, her and Doctor Strange have a very, very long history in the comics. So she, you know, I especially figured. being played by Charlize Theron, like you'd expect, you know, a star of her caliber, you know, she'll, she's going to be around for quite a few movies. Her and Doctor Strange are... They're not going anywhere separately for quite a while. Okay, so what what is, like, in the near future here based on this? Because you're saying, okay, this is leading to Secret Wars. Where yeah. Where you're going to have superhero on superhero fighting each other. Villain on villain, villain on hero, hero on hero. Like, people are going to swap sides mid-fight. Like, it's people are going to die like you didn't expect. Yeah, it's going to get nuts. So, let's let's just say, like, they're probably going to have another Doctor Strange movie here in this in this series somewhere before this large battle goes I, I place. Think, I think, yeah, I think Doctor Strange 3 could be the lead-in before Secret Wars actually starts because she literally shows up on 616 and says, hey, you caused an incursion in my universe. Let's go, asshole. Like... So you As, but, but she's implying that that she knows how to stop it. Like there's a way right. to actually stop it there without is. having to have like these big, uh, you know, wars between everybody because well, whoever there, wins gets to survive. Yeah, I mean, okay, you, there is a way to do it without an actual battle. You just have to destroy the other Earth first. Well, yeah, like, but I uh, the way I've, I'm taking it is is that she's kind of saying like I understand like there's a way to to not to have to safely? go that route. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Th- like like a whole other way that nobody else has thought of. Um, I'm all for it because it was quite, you know, it was quite a dilemma. Like that was part of the Illuminati's like uh, 
whole purpose of the comics. Like, they were the ones who were going to make the super tough decisions as far as, like, well, okay, these two Earths are going to collide. They're going to do an incursion. We can't allow that. Which one do we blow up? And then, yeah. you know. Because I, I was reading, goes. I was reading a little bit about them, and and like I was, the way I understood it at least was, mm-hmm. they might be having their like go out there and they'll fight with their friends, yeah, you know, but they'll come back secretly, mm-hmm. move the pawn pieces around, yep. the chess pieces around, and if it happens yep. to fuck one of their friends, they're gonna be like, well, it's for the greater good, yep, you know, okay, so I'm, I'm reading that correctly, okay, for sure, wow. that is cold blooded shit right there. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. There's some very wow. pragmatic individuals in the in the Marvel Comics universe. I tell you that. Well, very scary. Like Steve, with... Steven's one of them. He, he said it now. Oh, this is the, twice. Oh, dude, the, he's... the smartest people like T'Challa, uh, Namor, like they're all like they're not afraid to make the tough calls for the greater good of of, oh, of the universe. Geez. You know what I mean? That's crazy, man. I, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be rough. It's then really good reading. The, the heroes <laughs> like you don't want to watch die are gonna die. After this movie got over, starting yesterday, I read both Secret Wars runs, like 20, something like 21 comics, just, Ooh, just to geez. get re- re-abridged. Yeah, well, you're going to have a head start on everybody. Shit. Yeah, I, uh, I I definitely think the the 2015 version had to be bigger in scope because it was like the third time they had done the Secret Wars event. And it just it had to be that big and kind of that involved where they, they really folded in all the universes to where I think the more fun movie idea is literally just putting all the heroes and villains on a planet that's fully stocked with weaponry and just say, okay, fight. Didn't, didn't uh, predator make a movie like that? Yeah. <laughs> Predators. Time. That's with uh, okay. Adrian Brody and uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Never watched it. So, <laughs> Oh, that's a, okay. It's not, huh? <laughs> is that, is that a movie we got to watch? In the I mean, future? Oh, wow. How many, okay. Have you seen any Predator movies? Like, did you see any of the Alien vs. Predator movies? No. Nope. Or did you stop basically after Predator 2 with Daniel After Lover? Predator 2, that was it. I, I okay. didn't ever go any further. Okay. If you are, are we done with Doctor Strange? Because I could talk about Yeah, I, I, well, I think we pretty much wrapped up Doctor <laughs> Strange. I mean, besides yeah. saying, saying, yeah, if, if you went through this, you listened to this whole discussion we had and you haven't seen it, sorry to ruin it from you. From yeah. You, but at least you'll know. Go see it. It is worth a watch. It's, it's, it it's is. A good time. It is. Yes. It's a, I think upon multiple viewings, like it'll be easier to to like it more like I just really liked it the thing that soured me on it like not even soured me really that just kind of bummed me a bit was that you know all the cameos they basically give away in the trailer and that you know it was pretty much bottled to two universes like I could have spent some more time in but I mean you know I don't mind a three hour superhero movie so I guess I yeah, get why I, they did what they did what they did and I for the amount of story happy. they packed into this two hours it's very well done like you can definitely tell the the, the bonus to having a director like Sam Raimi, someone who's been doing it for like 30, 40 years, like, you know what I mean? Like behind the, you know, behind the wheel on this one. Cause it's very well made. Yeah. And he's a, he's a director who's got his hands in horror. He does that very well. He yeah. does comedy very well. He is a great director for a Marvel movie, yeah. especially for a Dr. Strange movie, because this is what Dr. Strange is supposed to be. The occult, you know, yep. dead, you know, I mean, all this stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's what it really should have been. You know, who, who did the first one? Was it Scott Derrickson who did the Scott first Derrickson. one? Yeah, Very, yeah, he's yeah. a good horror director too. He is too, but I, he just—I don't think he did as good a job. His movie was decent. Raimi did it better. Yeah, I, I think th- th- they might have given Raimi like a little bit more freeway just to like you know this is the multiverse of madness, so just you know do yeah. whatever you want. It's do fine. it, do it, and we'll reel you in if we have to. Which explains also, uh, I want to say like his yellow, the yellow evil dead car was in the was in the bus scene with, with Jar Gantos, and also. Uh, 
for longtime horror fans will recognize Bruce Campbell. Oh, yeah. Was in this one. Not only did he have a scene properly with Doctor Strange in America, but he was also featured in his own post credit scene at the very end of the movie. He has an interaction on Earth 83 with Doctor Strange where he talks a little bit of shit. Strange just curses him for like a month, basically, just to beat himself up. And in true, you know, Sam Raimi uh, directing Bruce Campbell style, it is Ash, you know, it is Ash Williams beating his own ass in a hot dog. Exactly. Hot dog it is. Cart. It is just a callback to <laughs> Evil Dead and all that where yeah, for sure. he has no control over his hand and it just yep. takes over. I, I love it. That's I did, too. If you are a Sam Raimi or especially an Evil Dead fan, Army of Darkness, whatever, you will love Bruce Campbell in this because it's just just enough to be like, yep. Yeah, that was fun. Yep, loved it. It was pretty fun. So like, I, I really like the stuff they're setting up, but there's a that's a lot of big ideas, man. And, and just looking over, like their release schedule, I don't know. Like, okay, I, I think it's almost a, a dead certain that the the Miss Marvel TV show and She Hulk aren't going to touch the multiverse stuff at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think as far as the movies go, maybe. Maybe Thor Love and Thunder will touch on it in a post credit scene a bit. Or maybe, you know, we're being completely misdirected in the trailers and that we're seeing variants of those people right now and we just don't realize it yet. So who knows? Like, that remains to be seen a lot. But I think, boy, as far as Secret Wars go, they're going to have to, like, besides Loki Season 2, it's all going to be up to the movies, basically, to do the heavy work on that. Like, we're probably still, what? Like, that's maybe Avengers 5 we're talking for Secret Wars, so maybe three three years down the road God, if they follow the same route that they did with phase one two and three, ten years I mean, per phase yeah, you could be looking at 10 years yeah you know because oh, it's, it's hard to say you know yeah. it's going to depend on how what the appetite of the audience is if we get tired of superhero movies mm-hmm. um based on you know this weekend's take for this movie doesn't look like people are totally tired yet um a lot of people went and saw this movie. I don't. I haven't really read a lot so far on what the feedback is, though, because you know it's you know critics have are kind of met on this movie, but critics like it more than they do dislike it. Audiences really like it, and box office currently is six hundred and seventy-seven million worldwide. Wow! It just might hit a billion, man. It's you called it too. You said Holy you said shit. it was going to get there. I I had my doubts, but I mean, yeah, by that opening weekend take, that's yeah. going to be strong. That's strong. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I think I'm looking at the wrong one. Are you looking at worldwide release? No, no, no. I'm, I think I'm looking at the first Doctor Strange. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was going to say, 600 million. That's, a, that's an amazing, amazing take for a weekend. Hang on. I got it. I got it. I got it. Normally, it's about 120 uh, to 150. Not too bad, actually. It's it's made 400 million. Oh, <laughs> worldwide. Jesus Christ. Wow. That's, yeah. That's crazy. Just in a matter of days. Damn. Well, yeah, it'll... Okay. It, it, so yeah, I, I'm gonna. It's I guess a, I'm gonna it's hold It's a third my, of the way there. I mean, it's it's got some. It's definitely got some work ahead of it, but it could yeah. end up hitting at least 600 million. Yeah, it'll get there. It'll get there, but it won't get. I don't think it'll reach a billion, like, like I said. But who knows? It has to be considered a, a success off that, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, 400 million. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and this is this is really the big. I mean, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home was kind of the kickoff. This is like the one that's like, okay, now you really understand the ride you're in for. Yeah. And, and we're going to go from here. Saying budget for the movie was $200 million, so they've already doubled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're, they're basically kind of breaking <laughs> even right good. now. And then everything yeah. else from now on is profit. So yeah. at least that's what the acting, like Benedict Cumberbatch is saying, at least, hey, just keep making money because I get some of those royalties, damn it. Yeah, at I least, think he's fine with that. Yeah, at least uh, hopefully <laughs> he, he negotiated the right uh, contract. Right. Now, what do you want to see, like, coming up? Like, as far as, like... 
what's your hopes for as far as like where these secret wars go like do you want to see them dust off old heroes do you want to see maybe like could they bring rdj back as a different version of, of tony stark but more evil like is there anything like you want to see like dream wish wise from like secret wars kind of deal i mean they or, could always do a across the multiverse yeah, you could always bring Robert Downey back, but I—I honestly, I don't know if he's—it would ever want to come back. I don't think um, they. I, I think that's one they should probably leave alone. Yeah, just I, let. But, yeah, let Steve Rogers. I would. I would still. You know. I'd like to see an evil Steve Rogers, maybe. Oh, that'd be that'd be hard, is it? Because I mean, that's like the very antithesis of that's Steve I Rogers. Mean. I mean, it's, I know. Yeah. Which, which I wonder, you know, if he'd be up for that. You know, if he would be like, "Hey, this is a real acting challenge. You have to take this role." And just completely be the complete opposite of everything yeah. you want to be. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, it'd be like, fascinating. What if there's a scene where, you know, someone's getting their ass kicked and all of a sudden, much like in Infinity War, someone in the shadow catches a weapon and Steve Rogers come walking out of the shadow and you're like, oh shit, I'm saved. And then he just starts kicking your ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's he doing? What? Oh my God. It just... This definitely sounds like some fan fiction kind of shit. That's that's the kind of shit we're going to be seeing there in Secret Wars, man. It's I'm, okay, I'm, and it also too, depending on which on which one they sort of follow, the first Secret Wars in the, in '85. That's where Spider-Man first got his black suit as the with Venom, like it's on this alien planet. But I, but still, we're not going to say that they're they're combining those universes yet. They're they're still it's way up in the air whether or not they. Well, really no, they bring it in. remember uh, Venom's in the MCU now from the well, end of No Way Home. Like yeah, a chunk I, of him I broke off. I think that was a clever way for them to say is like yeah, he's in the MCU right now, six one six, and all of a sudden, whoop, gone again. You know, no, like, he it's definitely coming. You like, think? I, I, I don't I know. Think the way they're setting this up is like I, I think they're going to have. They're gonna have an MCU Spider-Man, and they're gonna have a Sony Spider-Man. Whether it's it's Andrew getting killed and passing it off to Miles, which I think is definitely what the, what's gonna happen. Yes, I think that leaves Tom Holland as the MCU Spider-Man, and then Miles Morales, whoever plays him, will be the Sony Spider-Man with yeah. the occasional crossover here or there. But I think it's gonna be two different universes for sure. Don't be surprised if Tom, you know, thinks about ever coming back again to that role, though, because I mean. There's, there's a guy that, you know, he wants to branch out and do other stuff. He wants to be more dramatic and do some other stuff besides that. But who knows? Sure, like, but that was the same thing with Robert Downey. Like they just, and the Chris Evans route, too, or, or, yeah. or Brie, you know, uh, Brie Larson, any other uh, these other big stars. They take the multi-million dollar franchise checks so they can go off and do their their passion projects in the offseason, yeah. I guess, right? Like, yeah. That's the whole point of the studio, uh, the studio movies, basically, right? Yeah, but I mean, if the problem with that is like you get typecast, and you know that's one thing that Tom Holland really has a problem with because yeah. the, if you've seen any of the movies he's done mm-hmm. outside the MCU, they're not good. It, it's yeah. hard to get away. And that and Uncharted see, movie bombed pretty well, I guess. Oh, that, like the Uncharted movie was essentially him playing Peter Parker, except trying to be a tough guy without the suit. You know, he'd make yeah. the same quips and all that stuff, and it was just like, I was like, come on, man. I mean, are they directing you to do this shit? I mean, make this role your own. But he'll he'll find he'll find something. He's a great actor. He'll he'll yeah, find something. Dude, he's that a kid him. too, man. Like, you know, he's got a lot of time. Yeah, he's in he's in his late twenties now. I mean, he's getting. How old was Jack when he started playing Wolverine? He was in his twenties, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he might have been late twenty in, into his early thirties. How old is Hugh Jackman right now? He's he, fifty three. Yeah, what he's what in year his 50s. did the first X Men come out? Two thousand and so it was filmed one, in ninety nine. Two thousand, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was he was like thirty at the time. Yeah, so he was he was still getting up there, but but once again though, he's at thirty and he's already like, well, I'm doing superheroes, and right. that kind of you know was his his goal the, or the, his his role the rest of his 
acting career up till now, you know, but he's done well, the some side been doing projects. musicals for like the past 15 years. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but like, that's my point, though, is is you get typecast into a certain role and it's mm. hard to break out from that because now you hear him say musicals. I was like, what the hell is he doing there? He's an action star. Well, he doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, he's an actor. He's got range. He can do you know different what? things. But outside of Wolverine, like, did he do action movies outside of that? He did like the, uh, that robot movie. Um, robot what movie. Is, yeah. Um, oh, God, what oh is it? the, the battle bots thing, right? Yes. Yes. Or not battle bots. Fucking shit. But you, I, you know it's what like I mean? Heavy, it's like, I keep saying heavy metal. It's not heavy Rock metal. Rock'em, sock'em it, robots. Or, yeah. It's, it's, it's it? something random like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember what it's called. But he, but he like wasn't actually movie. fighting that, right? Wasn't he like, uh, it was it was like robot jocks. Or he's a robot pilot. Am I yeah, remembering I, that correctly? I, I never saw it, so I did don't they, know. Did they rip off robot jocks for that Hugh Jackman movie? Yeah, because yeah, that's a movie you really want to emulate. <laughs> Such a such a such a success that is. That's an, that we need to find another movie of that caliber to watch. Like I want something bad, but something I'm going to giggle at the entire time. Like I want something that bad. That's hard to watch though. Sometimes when you're trying to like, even if it's like 90 minutes, you're like, God damn, how long is this movie? <laughs> I mean, you know, they all can't be cinema gems like Free Jack. But, yeah, it's true. You know, I God, really like that movie. That thing was well, okay, over two hours. Uh, yeah, I uh, in our unending effort to. to to watch other stuff. We also watched a couple other TV shows. Uh, we're a couple episodes down on Better Call Saul. Oof. And uh, I guess the, the big thing that happened in the episode before last was uh, we were kind of speculating on the on the last show that wasn't Star Wars related as to how far into the season Nacho Varga would go. And I got to think our expectations were wildly off because he died the next episode. Yeah, it turns out episode three. <laughs> That's how far he gets. Dude, so quick. Like it just, I couldn't believe it. I was, and it was sad yes, because man. he is the, he is the redemption character in this movie mm-hmm. or in that TV show. Mm-hmm. Like you see him when he starts off, he's a bad guy. He's always wearing black. He's wearing red. Yep. When you see him in this last episode, what's he wearing? White. Yep. He is, he's done the Luke Skywalker thing. He's gone to the light side. He has tried to redeem and make everything like, did you not start like almost tearing up when he has that last phone conversation with his dad? With his dad, dude. Like he yeah. knows, like he absolutely knows this is the last time I want to talk to him. His dad doesn't know that. He's just like, no. son, you know what you got to do. You got to go to the cops. I can't help you. Not knowing he's that. Yeah. He's dadding his son. Be like, like, not really scolding him, but kind of like, come on, I got to get back to work. You know what you got to do. Where, yeah, but with Nacho is just like, he's like, you know what? I, I just, I had to call you. I want to make sure everything is okay. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to hear your voice one last time. And, you know, yeah. and he's just, he's tearing up. I mean, Michael, man, I mean, he's just a great actor. Like, he pulls that off. And, and then to top it off, I absolutely love it. Like he goes out on his own terms. Well, that um, last scene with Gus and, and Mike and all that. Yeah. Cause like you understand, like you don't fully understand, I guess what's happening, but you kind of putting the piece together as that episode goes along as they're like, yeah, like we got to rough him up and you know, they find out that, yeah, you're, you're going to try to escape and you're going to get shot doing that. So you have to die. And just so Gus can walk away and, you know, making Bolsa feel that, yeah, I was not part of this. Um, and he's doing all. He, he agreed to all this just so they would leave his dad alone, right? Yep, that was his. That, that was his condition. He's like, yeah. nobody touches my dad. He's safe from now on. You know, that's it. This mm-hmm. is this is my bargain. Otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna go to the Salamakas and tell them you did this. I was mm-hmm. in on it, and they're gonna kill me anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like he understood. Right. He's he dead was a dead man way. anyway. Yeah. So it was just who was gonna pull the trigger. Damn. So, but yeah, I love it at the end because he's he's on his knees. 
they're they're trying to get the information out of him. Like you, you can see the Salamakas, they want to torture him. You you see inside that uh, that little shack, you know, all the tools, the torture devices they have in there. They're Phew, ready to do all that stuff yeah. to him. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know, he says, "I'm going on my own terms," and he just looks at uh, Hector. He's like, "You know what? I'm the reason you're in that chair." You know, just I mean, cold blooded to him too. He's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. every day you're sucking on your Jello." think that i'm the one who did that to you yeah. you know it's just and you see hector's just going nuts and then the salamancas like indicate towards gus like did he even do with this and not just yeah. basically gives gus a fuck you he's like this is just a chicken man yeah he's like the chicken man are you fucking serious he's like yeah. no way he's Dude. like he's like this guy's not good enough to do this shit he's like this uh-huh. was me yeah and i just i i love it and then you know to top it off he'd been carrying a piece of broken glass they set up in the previous episode Ominous. where gus Dude. dropped it yeah and Cuts himself free, grabs Bolsa's gun. You think he's going to kill Bolsa, but we know because we're Breaking Bad fans. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. We know Bolsa lives, but he just, like, lets him go. Trigger, you know, temple to uh, bullet or to the temple, that's and it. that's it. And, you know, goes out on his own terms. Like, the Sal- mm-hmm. he robs the Salamacas of their, their opportunity to get some revenge. Yeah. You know, the most that Hector can do is then just shoot some rounds into him, you know. Yeah, after he's already gone. So I got to say, though, like, much like Sam Raimi with all the – all the little things they got in, in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Like, whoever directed this episode, I think it was Rhea Seahorn, right? Or no, uh, she directed the most recent one. Like, that episode three was, uh, <laughs> okay, Gordon Smith, whoever, uh, he's the one who directed it. The the shot they had of that lonely blue flower. Mm, yeah, those, at, the, at the opening. Like, that, that that's the opening. Like it's this giant big flower, and you can see, like, there's a piece of glass, like, in the dirt being rained on. So, like... Is that scene present day basically? Because when they flash back, when they go back and jump to when Nacho got killed, like, uh, you know, the ground of the area is completely different, even though it's obviously supposed to be the same area. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's but like basically, like, uh, the flower grew out of where Nacho died, essentially, is the way I understand it. So, is that that's what the imagery is supposed to be? Is it supposed to be modern time to where, like, the same time when Saul's house got raided since it's color? Is that the way we're supposed to kind of take I, that? I, I'm going to assume that it is. There's a lot of plant life that grew around there. Yeah. Uh, but the image, if you look at it, like, the, the flower is, is, is blue and white. It's very pure looking. It's very, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing in this middle of this desolate desert, right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's sitting next to that piece of glass. So what you're supposed to infer is, yeah, this is, you know, you know his blood. It it uh, fertilized right. the earth, and this is this is him now, resting in peace, kind of thing. You know mm. that that's what I took from it. But that's this is something that this series and Breaking Bad always does very well when they set up these little things at the start of each episode. If you if you remember Breaking Bad season two, where the pink teddy bear is sitting in the yeah. pool, every episode started off like that, and you're just wondering because you, you, the first thing you're assuming is that it was a lab explosion, who's dead, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But then you just you realize it, it breaks off into this grand story of this. You know, this butterfly effect kind of thing, which caused all this thing to happen. It's crazy. Yeah. But that's what they're doing. They're very good about setting up these this foreshadowing of something that's going to happen. Because when you see that thing, you see that broken piece of glass, you have no idea what the hell that means. You, you, at no time would you think, yeah, somebody used that to cut themselves free from some yeah. bondage. But It's just this innocuous thing just laying in yeah, there. Yeah, it's just it's very strange. It's the middle <laughs> of the desert where there's flour out there and nothing else is happening. But Uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. I just I love little touches like that in the show. Yeah, and that was a pretty big episode too, especially like in the emotional impact of it. And then the following episode was kind of not not mundane, but just 
nothing really happened in that hit and run episode as far as I'm concerned compared to Nacho going out the way he did like they they really advanced like the Howard scheme and all that and, and kind of set him up but as far as I can recall like that's that's really about all they did because Lala wasn't even in the episode at all was he nope yeah we're still waiting on what Lalo's secret evidence is supposed to be that prove that uh, oh, Gus right. is the one is behind it yeah. But yeah I think this episode was the the most recent one it's just supposed to be a little bit of exposition and showing you that yeah we're we're still working on this whole Howard setup and how they're going about it which I I do love what they do to try to set Howard up is yeah you know they essentially they you because we're left at the end of that episode uh, the the Nacho episode where uh, Saul basically is going, he got a, a key and the alarm system duplicated for Howard's car. Well, they find out they're going to go steal his car, pick up the, the same Wendy. hooker who shows up in Breaking Bad, Wendy, yeah. and, and basically just like sets this whole thing up where Kim Kim sets up a meeting with, uh, ah, geez, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ed Begley Jr. I forget Ed his Begley Jr. Name, his yeah. name, yeah. <laughs> Cliff Main. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He set he sets up a dinner with or a, a lunch with with Kim, and they're just having a discussion. And Jimmy just dressed up if, once again in that season one garb where he tries to show up looking like uh, Howard, and just drives by, drops the hooker off right in the middle, yells at her, and then takes off. You know, mm-hmm. and, and obviously Cliff knows his car, and he's like, "Is that Howard?" <laughs> you know, it's just it's nuts, man. I just yeah. I love it. I like it. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it's fun seeing it and all that. But damn, is it just after the nacho, like, because it's it was so intense. Yeah, man, it was it was a real pace changer. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like least. it's almost like it's a placeholder episode for what's coming next because we're getting right? up to the season finale because what we're this we're going into episode five or the mid season finale even like, yeah mid season I should say up, yes yeah yeah because it's it were seven episodes for this mm-hmm. first half we're going to be at season five uh, as of the recording tonight yeah um, yeah we're going to be almost there so i think this one's kind of that placeholder episode and we're going to start getting into the you know the denouement of this half of the season um but i'll say this i you know nacho's fate being this early it doesn't give me a lot of faith what's going to happen to kim it kind of worries me what's 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 ahead of her now i i think it's more likely to me that she's going to be the the first person that the vacuum salesman disappears Either that or she is going to die because they are they are really setting it up right here as she talks continuously. She loves the pro bono work. She loves it's like the best day of her life is going in there and just being a lawyer for free, helping people who need justice. And now they're setting up this Cliff Main thing where he's going to invest in her to do this new project, whatever it is she wants to do. Yeah. They're setting up this dichotomy of her saying Kim, do you really want to be the evil person or do you want to be the good person? And the the bad person is kind of pulling her away because if you're watching this, this season, you're seeing that Kim is the one pulling the strings. Now it's not Jimmy manipulating her. She's the one manipulating Jimmy now into doing a lot of this stuff. Jimmy's the one who's doing all the second guessing and saying, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should. So yeah, I think that's, what's going to be the most heartbreaking thing about Kim is as we see her doing this, and now we're going to see her get pulled back to the light side, realizing that she's going to see the error of her ways and seeing that there's a life where she could live where she's going to be truly happy. Uh-huh. And I think that's where it's going to get smoked out. I'm hoping not, but oh, I feel like that's, that's where they're sad. going to go. I just, I hope it isn't going to go that way. Right. Jesus. 
Yeah, it's, it's harsh to think of it like that because you just you love Kim. She's such a great character, especially when she's a badass too. She's she's really good as a badass. Yeah, like when Mike's guys were following her, she had, there was no hesitation. She rolled right up to him and said, "Are you following me?" It's like, yeah. oh shit, she's just getting right in the mix. And then Mike comes and catches her. like, "Hey, let's just sit down for a minute," and he tells right. her the whole scheme. And you know, but but this is also an episode where you you do get to see where her real fear is kicking in because she realizes, and she's not going to tell Jimmy this, but she knows now that Lalo is alive. Yeah, but she doesn't want to tell Jimmy that to kind of ruin him. Right. Ugh. Yeah, Very I, I'm really curious to see what this episode's gonna have. What's what's in for tonight? Uh, yeah, we do get to see Spooge. I guess he's gonna finally get to, you know, have a real role in this one. I guess. Yeah, he popped up in uh, like trying to set up an appointment with Saul in the in the previous episode. So yeah, it was fun seeing him again. Yeah, but I guess like Walt. Do you think we get the Walt and Jesse cameo before the midseason break, or is it coming in the second half? I feel like it's got to come in the second half, right? Because we got to get closer to Breaking Bad. It's yeah. it's hard to understand what the time frame is for this, right? Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, we we see in this last episode that we watched, we see Saul's office that like he's getting ready to rent his office that he sets everything up in. We yeah. we got to see. You know, the Statue of Liberty was owned by the Kettlemans, which uh-huh. I we, we never talked about them, but I, I love yeah, that callback to them. Yeah. So somehow he's going to get a hold of that statue and get that propped up there. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, yeah, that's when where Walt has to go see uh, Saul to get Badger out of jail. Yeah, it's, it's going to get there somehow. But I, I feel like it's going to be in the second half. We're going to see that. Hmm. Who knows, though? Who knows yeah. how they're going to show up? Maybe they're just going to be a, some background character in a diner, and they're just going to be like, "Oh, okay." Well, they keep Kim keeps hanging out at that El Camino diner too. Like that's another reason I think maybe like they're setting up her getting away. Like you know what I mean? Because like El Camino, like that's where oh, Jesse Pinkman got away and all that. That would be great writing right there. I mean, that's yeah. a yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the El Camino represents yeah freedom. Yeah, I would think. Shoot. Yeah. God, I'm hoping so. Because boy. It's, it's going to be not looking tough. good. No, yeah. no, but it's going to, it's going to be rough if we have to go through that, dude. It's, well, it's going to be rough. As far as the main cast goes, like really she, it's, it's her Howard and then Ed Bigley Jr. Like we're, they're the only ones we're not sure of where they are in Breaking Bad. Everyone else is pretty safe. So they're really the only ones who can die besides Lalo, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. L- yeah Lalo, I, I still believe is, is not going to make it past, you know, he's just going to be taken out. gets him? I think that Mike Michael end up be the one pulling the trigger on him. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, but but Saul will never know because that's why when you see yeah, Breaking Bad, yeah, Saul enough. freaks out and thinks that Lalo is still after him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, we got plenty of TV to watch. Why don't we try to find another movie to watch too? I've been going back and watching a couple of bad old ones. Like I ended up on an accidental Steve Martin kick. That's, good, it, that's a good way to do it, though. I mean, Steve it started with uh, with Little Shop of Horrors, which I don't know, like when the last time you saw that movie was. But Long time ago. Damn, is it solid, dude? It holds <laughs> up so well. There's, Rick Moranis cast yeah. so well. Yeah. Oh my God, Rick Moranis, John Candy. I mean, it's just it goes on and on on the, on the list. So then from there, uh, I, I don't know if it was a purposeful move or not, but I ended up watching Three Amigos, <laughs> another Steve Martin movie, Martin Short and Chevy Chase, and uh, damn. I really enjoy that movie. It, it, it's funny. Three Amigos? You know what I mean? It's funny. It's cute. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always kind of liked that movie. But as far as I understand, like, you don't, you don't really see the point of that movie? Is that what it is? I am, I have never, even as a child, I never got 
the the appeal of that movie. Really? Like, I remember kids around me would watch it and they would be kind of laughing and joking about it. And I was just like, yeah. I, I don't get it. You throw up it the just... amigo salute, you know what I mean? All that yeah, shit. yeah, like kids would do that on the playground, you know, the hoo, 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 like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you know. I just, I didn't get it. And to this day, I just, it's... It's not one that I would ever really go back to. Man, the three that's su- that is really surprising to me. Like, cause it's you know it's pure '80s cheese gold, man. Oh, like, yeah, it, maybe it's that's right what in it the is. summer rental wheelhouse. You know what I mean? It feels like it's a little too much cheese. I don't know. Ah. It's, it's it's hard to say because yeah, can, is there such a thing as really too much cheese? But man, well, I mean, you know, I was gonna say we'll look at Caddyshack, but you know, I don't <laughs> like that one either. So, yeah, that's the controversial <laughs> view that I have that many people don't know. Because I know people love Caddyshack, the first one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Chevy Chase is in it. I, I've seen it. You know, I've seen it several times. It just, I don't get the appeal of why everybody says it's so, such a classic. I don't get it. I mean, I understand, like, people don't like the second one. And for good reason. It's a really dumb movie. <laughs> But I mean, the first one, like I don't like. I was expecting when I, I remember when I first watched it because everybody just, you know, they talk it up so much, and I was just like, yeah. you know, it just I don't know. Maybe I just set it up so high that I was like, oh, it's gonna be so great. And when I watched, yep. I was like, yeah, I'm just not laughing as much. And maybe it's because I just, yeah, I don't like everything that Bill Murray's done in his career. Like you know, some of his early work. You yeah. know, he, he doesn't always make me laugh in everything he does. Sure. And I feel like he's just really over the top in this movie. And then the main characters. I think the best part of that movie is, is Roddy Dangerfield. Like, he just consistently always makes me laugh because he always plays the same role as just a, you know, he a sure creepy scrum, scumbag. But, man, yeah. is he funny to do. Oh, Back to School's on HBO. We could watch that. It is on there. I did see that. <laughs> that is a classic. Too. Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, too. You know what I mean? A very young Sally Robert. Kellerman. Very young Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of old like characters. Just, like, weird science days on that one. He's even, young. Even oh. William Zabka is in that oh, one. Oh, shit, that's right. He is in that one, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> in, in Three Amigos, too, uh, Phil Hartman was in that, man. Was he really? Yes, Wow. Early I haven't role seen him, him in a movie in, for, like, I, I can't tell you the last movie I saw that he was in. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, obviously, because he's been gone for a long time, but damn, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, he would always show up in every Saturday Night Live movie that was ever produced. So, so. funny, though. Yeah. So I, solidly yeah, funny. He is probably one of my all-time favorite SNL characters yeah. of all time. Great character actor. Just amazing. Yeah. yeah. But man, I couldn't believe, like, like, when I saw him in the movie, like, dude, he looks pretty young. I was like, well, this movie it was made a long time ago. Yeah, yeah like he was only what? Wasn't yeah, he? he was only like forty when he died, or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was. He was. He was. He was in his his late forties, early fifties when he died. Jesus yeah. Died Christ. well, way too soon. Way man. too soon. Yeah, he was really funny. The Simpsons weren't the same after he was gone. Yeah, no, he was a really big part of that too. In uh, in a Mike Myers movie, uh, the So I Married an Axe movie, just mm, god awful, yeah. not funny at all. But the funniest scene in that movie is Phil Hartman's scene. He's like a a guard in a, at a prison or something like that, and he just he has a really funny monologue. But the rest of the movie is just god awful. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good one. I, I don't no, recommend it's, watching it's not that a, movie ever. It's not a rewatcher at all. No, you know what I mean? I'm fine for anything like you know old eighties action cheese 
Like, you know what I mean? Something in that nature. Like, so, you know, throw something my way, man, and we'll figure something out to watch. Uh, yeah, let's, we'll make this a surprise for the listeners then. Let's do something like that. Because we, we, we do have a knack for finding some really crappy shit. So It's going to be 80s, 90s cheese, everybody. Just be aware. We're, we're going back to our roots of it on this one. We, we kind of we spoiled ourselves a bit with mostly good movies with Star Wars, and there's been just an amazing amount of TV lately that's been fantastic. But, you know. It's about time we, we dive back And we will look. talk about the next show. We'll get into Moon Knight again because we are we've reached the finale of that one, but we just we I need we, to watch we, it again. Yeah. Because there's <laughs> so there's much so much that show too. Dude, oh my god. So much. I think that's the like as cool as it was to go back to the movies, which in itself was not a great experience, you know, movie watching wise for me, it was just it was god awful. Like the film broke at some point in the movie, it was just <laughs> man, dude, bummer. Uh but uh <laughs> The ability, I'm, I'm spoiled by the ability to instantly be able to rewatch something right away. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because there's so many scenes in, in the multiverse of madness. I just need to go back and just sit and let soak in. Like, you're not looking anywhere else, like a popcorn bucket, nothing. Like, there's so much to unpack in the movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not distracted by the whole movie itself now. Trying yeah. to follow the story. You know what the story is. Now you yep. can really get into it and see all the details they put in there. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the fun of Marvel movies when you watch any of them is go back yeah. and just watch them and find all the Easter eggs. It's a lot of yeah. fun. I'm going to go digging. Trust me. I'm going to find what I can. Uh, all right, man. Well, hey, we got a lot of shit to watch. Let's get out of here. Everybody, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Can you dig it? <laughs>